I've had probably 20 some odd hobbies over the last three years. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Essential Podcast. This is Tommy Barco with Barco Financial. And today we're going to talk about a hobby, specifically one that I don't know a ton about, but am increasingly interested in. And we talk often here, Matt, about recreation. It's part of our process, our conversation. We've had podcasts when we discussed essentialism, where we talked about guilt-free play and how that helps you deal with stress. And for me, that's always something that is a struggle because I really enjoy what I do and get really involved with work. I'm busy with a family, which is fun. And we travel, which I think would be my hobby. But uh, I was talking with my wife and told her at lunch one day that I thought I needed a hobby. And she kind of went tilt and was like, what do you mean? You know, because we travel a lot. We'd have things that we do that are fun. But I was talking about something like what we're going to unpack today. And Matt, this is a new hobby for you. I won't reveal what it is yet. We'll leave a little bit more suspense, but uh, something you're pretty much enjoying and doing quite often now, right? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, I, I think we've maybe covered this on another podcast a little bit, but uh, I've had probably 20 some odd hobbies over the last three years <laughs> they seem to change like the wind some stick and then once uh you know i i beat them i guess if you could say that you can't really beat a hobby but once you win and right. you feel like at least you've mastered it even though you're always working on it i tend to move on so we'll see how long this one lasts but it's uh it's been really fun yeah. So drum roll, please. The hobby we're talking about today that Matt's picked up, we're going to get some information from him about is painting and specifically painting with watercolors, right? That's correct, Tommy. And most people, when they think of watercolors, they probably think of those, the children's sets <laughs> right. where they have the little things. But actually the paint that I'm using comes in tubes and I essentially uh, mix the colors because I don't know, do you remember uh, your primary colors from, from grade school, Ooh. Tommy? Well, you know, interestingly, I originally tried to make fun of you saying that that's what my kids did <laughs> was watercolors. Um, but I don't know if I can name the primary colors. So you've got uh, red, yellow, and blue, much like your printer, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like your printer, you can print off any color. And so all you technically need are red, yellow, and blue, and then you can make your own colors from those. Yeah makes sense. So let's get into this. You mentioned having had dozens of hobbies potentially and kind of moving through them throughout throughout your adult life. And now we're here with watercolors. How did you get into this? What made you take interest in it? Tell us a little bit of the history here. Well, I've always been a long time, this goes back to when I was being babysat by my grandmother, long time fan of Bob Ross and watching it all the time. And so my wife said, you know, I think I want to oil paint. So I start to look up oil painting stuff, and you realize that it's pretty complex, right? Mm -hmm. You've, you've got to have paint thinner. It's super messy, so you've got to have a dedicated space. And it just seemed complicated. I didn't know if it was going to stick, uh, so I kind of ignored that until one day, of course, YouTube put a watercolor painting thing into my YouTube feed, <laughs> if you will. And I started watching, and I was like, this is nothing like the watercolor that I remembered as a kid. You know, it's not the paint by number. It's not anything like that. So that's really how it kind of got started. And I kept watching video after video until I finally said, you know what? 
I'm going to try this for both of us. Yeah. So you've told us what it's not, right? It's not oil painting. It's not the Bob Ross canvas with the board and all the oil paints. It's not the paint by number kitty stuff. So you've got your three primary colors. They're in a tube. What makes it watercolor and how is it different than, than the things we just talked about, the oil painting and the paint by number? Yeah, so I, I, I'll tell you this. I don't know a whole lot about the others, but the unique thing about watercolor is, um, let's say you take a dab of the red color, right, out of the tube, and you put it on your palette or your, we use dinner plates. I went and just bought a, a dedicated one because it washes off fine as long as it's porcelain. Hmm. And you squirt some on there, you dip your brush in water, and you touch that spot a little bit, and it starts to dilute that paint from, say, a toothpaste consistency to basically dye-colored water. And so you use okay. that on usually rough paper because it looks better. Um, that's a whole other story we probably don't need to unpack. But basically, you're able to paint anything you want. So you're doing this on kind of a rough paper poster size or 8 by 10 What are you painting here? Yeah, so let's say you want to get into this after listening to, what is this, the first three minutes or whatever. Um, the things that you would need from a minimalist standpoint if you do not want to fully commit and just see if you like it. Um, you can get your red, your yellow, and your blue. I use uh, Cotman watercolor tubes. You can get them for five bucks a tube. So that's $15 for your three colors. Any type of craft store will probably have them. A number 12 round brush. So you can make big moves and also little moves with just the tip of the, uh, the paintbrush. That's probably about 15 bucks. And then what I used initially to start was the brand called Strathmore 400 it's like a watercolor pad or book. I'd say it's about 12 by 15 or something like that. I probably have that wrong, but it's about 10 to $15 depending on that. So you can be out the door with 45 bucks, 50 bucks essentially to see if you really want to do it and want to, you know, want to commit to it. So great. That was one of my questions was what, what do we need and where do we get it? And just to summarize that, so we need red, yellow, and blue, Tubes for watercolor, they're about five bucks a piece. A number 12 round brush and a Strathmore 400 pad. You're all in for less than 50 bucks. You can get it anywhere that sells craft supplies, Hobby Lobby or Michaels. I'm sure there are many options and it can go as broad and as deep as you want after you get into it, but this is a great place to start. That's very interesting. Yeah, then the next thing I would tell you to do is there are a couple artists that I watched on how to paint things. So watercolor is a little bit different and that you paint your lightest values first and you either slowly increase the value by adding more of that pigment to the water. Um, so if, let's say you wanted to do like a mountains in the background, right? You would paint with a very light wash as they call it or maybe a little bit of blue pigment and a lot of bit of water. And then let's say you wanted to paint mountains in the very foreground of the picture. You'd add more pigment to it so it gets darker. And that's basically how you have to put the wash on because the one thing that makes watercolor unique is when you mix the two things, they all start, the colors start to blend unless you let it dry. So there's a lot of technique, wet on wet, um, wet on dry paper. So the biggest thing I would tell you if you are interested 
is to pull up YouTube and head over to uh, Paul Clark. Um, his, I believe his webpage is Art by Paul Clark, and that's C-L-A-R-K. And he has a awesome video on the colors and how you only need three. He does, of course, use other colors that come pre-manufactured in the tube, like, you know, purple or different shades of blue. But the one thing that he stresses and was taught to him when he started is because the pigment has different weights, let's say you're making purple. You remember what makes purple, Tommy? Blue and red? That's correct. Oh, yeah. So let's say you wanted to make like a purple skyline, right? Okay. So you mix your blue and your red. Because you're mixing it on your own and it doesn't come out as a manufactured purple, what happens is when the water and the pigment start to dry on your paper, they start to separate a little bit, right? So you'll start to see what in the art world you would call a gradient where things shift a little bit from red to purple and then back to blue because of the different weights. So it has a more natural look. Um, mm -hmm. I think a, probably a really good example would be some of the stuff that uh, Monet has done in uh, watercolor painting. But that's the reason why it's just going to look more natural with watercolor. And by, by mixing, you're taking advantage of how the medium actually works because it gives you this unique look that you could never get using traditional oil paints or acrylics or that kind of stuff. Very good. So have you taken any lessons like live in-person classes or anything like that? I know in the world of COVID, some of those things probably stopped. Or has it been all YouTube? No, it's been all YouTube. Um, as I mentioned, Paul Clark is one. Um, he's an English artist. He's very good. He also has a book on Amazon that's sort of a, it's not like a paint by number, but it shows you how to paint things. And that's kind of what he's doing on his YouTube page. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is watercolor by Shibasaki and he's yeah that's a that's a <laughs> Jap it's a Japanese gentleman yeah um, you have to spell that for us yeah it is S H I B as in boy A S as in Sam A K I Shibasaki I'm sure if you type in watercolor by S H I B Google will find it he's got quite a few followers he's got more of a loose style um, that would be maybe like abstract or some people call it impressionistic, but I like the way that he paints and he has some five minute videos that are very easy to replicate and kind of make you look like you know what you're doing, even though maybe you don't and you're just trying it out like me. Yeah, that sounds great. So one more question about kind of the process and the experience for you is when you have, you know, get home in the evening or you're looking to set this up and do it on a weekend, I mean, how much time are you spending with us to get, to finish a painting or are you starting one and then working on it over the week or what's that look like for you? So that's a, it's a great question, Tommy. It, the answer is it depends on what and how you want to paint. And my wife is also going through this with us and we have tried two totally different things. And what she does is there is a place called Let's Make Art. Essentially, they show you how to paint big things. And you're talking on a like standard 8.5 by 11 page, maybe even a little bit bigger than that. And I would say she commits probably three to four hours towards it. And that includes drying time, although you can use a hair dryer to speed up the dry time. Uh, for me, 
I've actually been on, I, I, f I feel like I don't want to paint anything big. I want to start small and miss small, if you will, right? So I've been painting trees or branches, parts of things, so I can get a feel for the colors, feel for the brush, feel for the paper. And sometimes those take me five minutes. If there's a little bit of layering involved, meaning I'm going to put a background to it and I need to let the paper dry, I don't care to use the hair dryer. I'll just let it dry for 30 minutes and, and come back to it. So I would say you probably need at least an hour to sit down. I know there are some people who will paint an hour and leave it and have this huge masterpiece and work on it all week. Mm -hmm. To me, that doesn't uh, that just doesn't jive with me because I feel like I'll never get back to it. So if I start something, I make sure I have the time to finish it. And I would say I judge that based on, you know, how big the painting is. So easily an hour or less, depending on what you want to paint. But you could get locked into it for four hours if you really wanted to. Hmm. That's encouraging for me. I think initially the completing something, whether it was good or bad, would be very important for me to feel satisfied in the project. So knowing that I don't have to commit hours and hours or just days to, to, to do that, at least to start with, makes it even better. It makes that barrier of entry a little lower and more attractive for me as well. So one kind of funny question here, Matt, and we'll wrap this up here in a second. Have you painted any happy little trees? I've painted plenty of happy little trees. Um, all kinds, pine, oak, cherry blossom. That's kind of been, uh, where I've, I've essentially started with everything because yeah. there's some fairly easy techniques. Again, Paul Clark has a video on how to paint all the trees of summer, fall, winter, autumn. What did I miss? Spring. <laughs> yeah, you got them all. And, uh, again, uh, Shibasaki, uh, same type of thing. He's got a couple of, uh, trees that he shows you how to paint that gosh they make it look so easy but then when you do it again that's that's really the the hard part is breaking through the frustration because mm -hmm. what they're doing is is not difficult but they've just done it so much that it's very easy for them if that makes sense so the hard part is going to be breaking through uh, I've got a whole bunch of pages of terrible looking mm -hmm. trees and things like that you got to stick with it and try and paint every day yeah, I couldn't resist with you mentioning Bob Ross earlier and happy little trees. If you've been hiding under a rock and don't know who Bob Ross was, that was one of his famous little phrases. And you owe it to yourself to look up Bob Ross if you're not familiar with him. So, Matt, to wrap this up, you know, it's a, a really interesting time to have this discussion because we've all been spending a little more time at home, although that's changing. But we're shifting into the holidays, which usually leads to more time at home, more downtime, you know, daylight savings time. And this would be a great thing to, to pick up and spend some time with. And I had been a part of a virtual leadership summit, and one of the guests was former President George W. Bush. And they interviewed him about all of the difficult decisions he can make and just stuff about leadership. But they started this little side conversation around his hobby of painting. And apparently, he's become a pretty good painter. And uh, so it's been a pretty life-changing experience for him, something he wished he'd started earlier. And then, you know, you kind of mentioned this, and it syncs up perfectly with just this train of thought of having something creative and fun to do, whether it sticks for a lifetime or, or just for a season. The barrier to entry from a call standpoint 
is low and then you've got free resources on YouTube and on the web and inexpensive books that you can purchase to kind of guide you along the way. And something you told me that I'll mention in closing is, hey, if you wanted to, to pick this up now, uh, you could paint some uh, some greeting cards, right, to send out for the holidays, and you've done that. Yeah, I've sent, I think I've sent out like five or six now. I get a text every time saying that it looks great or they really like it, and they start asking about the questions. And I've gotten to the point where I'm using up some starter paper, uh, which I would call like the Strathmore, and I've moved to a little bit more higher quality but more expensive paper. And the cutting of it into a 5 by 7 is just... <laughs> driven me crazy enough that I now have one of those giant, you know, swinging arm things that cuts a straight line perfectly. I've got one of those now. They were like 30 bucks on Amazon. So I'll be a full card making shop by the end of the year, probably. Well, I'll be looking for mine. And uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, Even if you only get out five or 10 or 15 to to those people that, you know, would appreciate it, close family or something like that, that'd be a really neat touch for, for Thanksgiving or for the holidays. So Keep that in mind. Matt, anything else you think we need to know about watercolor painting? I know there's a lot there, but we wanted to just fly over and and see the basics. Anything we need to know before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. Uh, Again, the biggest thing I'll tell you is take your time. Use a method that works for you. Again, I I started drawing small things and still continue to do that Mm -hmm. after I failed on this big landscape. However, you know, my wife's going a different direction uh, with I think the place is Let's Make Art dot com and she's drawn full pictures because they show you exactly how to paint it and they're 20 minute videos that she follows mm-hmm. kind of like bob ross used to do so use what works for you don't get stressed when you have bad paintings uh i've got plenty so yeah. that, that'd be my best yeah, advice. have fun with it right enjoy it don't make it uh another source of pressure or another burden to bear just take your time and enjoy. Well, I'm looking forward to getting getting into it. I sincerely plan to, to check it out, and I'll let you know how it goes. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hope you do the same. If you do, we'd love to hear it. Or, hey, if you're already into this and you've got some tips, I'd personally like to chat with you about it just to get more info. So thanks for tuning in, as always. And until next time, keep it essential. And thanks for sticking around after the music. We just have a quick disclosure for you. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.